Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This is Internet Marketing. to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, a bit of shameless self-promotion because Site Visibility has recently published the Ultimate Content Promotion Guide. It's their most comprehensive guide to date, and in it they break down all the content promotion tactics, tricks and tools you'll ever need to help you achieve content marketing success. You can download the guide plus a handy printable content promotion checklist for free by going to bit.ly, that's bit.ly slash ultimate dash content or ultimate hyphen content. Whichever you prefer, it's the same thing. Now today I'm joined by Martin Gontovnikas, Aka Gonto, VP of Marketing and Product at Auth0. Gonto, how are you doing? All good. What about you? Buongiorno. Oh, sorry, that's Italian, isn't it? <laughs> it is. You can tell me buenos dias because it's morning at this Ah, bu- yeah, bu- buenos dias. You're in, uh, Argent- you're in Argentina, aren't you? Yeah, I actually just arrived from Seattle. Today is morning from a plane, so I'm still a bit jet lagged. Oh, I know the jet lag feeling. It's horrible. We went to New York and I was thoroughly jet lagged for several days. And just when I'd recovered, it was time to come home again. Marvellous. At least you are home, so you'll stay there for a bit. Um, what's the weather doing in Argentina? I know Argentina is a huge country. <laughs> you're, you're just in one bit of it. What's the weather doing over there? Yeah, I'm, I'm in Buenos Aires now, and it's hot as hell. It's, uh, I can say it's Celsius. I can say Celsius to you, right? It's oh, like yeah, I, I know Celsius. Like, yeah. That, that's good. I hate doing a translation to Fahrenheit. Oh, me too. So what is it, 30, 40? 40, 40. Oh, my Lord. It's really cold over here. We've had snow. I don't know if you've seen the news. It's probably not important enough to be on the news, the, the weather in the UK. Uh, but it not, it's not as cold as North America that's ha- having that horrible, oh, I forgot what they call it now, where a, a, a great big lump of really cold air comes down from the Arctic. They're really suffering at the moment, aren't they? Yes, I saw that. In here, we get news from how cold it is in the US, nothing from the UK. Actually, only news we get from the UK is around Brexit. Oh, my God. Yes. Well, we won't talk about the the B word. I mean, of course, in the UK, we only have to have a single flake of snow falling on a rail track and the whole transport system (laughs) breaks down. Anyway, uh, less of the weather. Now, you're a man after my own heart because you're uh, you're a software engineer, aren't you? That has moved, as you call it, moved to the dark side. I should have said that in an Anik Guinness voice. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I started as an engineer, but then... 
by, while I was working on open source projects, I realized that it was more fun for me making the open source project than actually coding it. And that's when I realized that I needed to move to the dark side and work on marketing. <laughs> so if we do a timeline, how did that all develop? Tell us a bit about, about how it came to be. So it's, it's interesting. Like I studied, as, I was working as a developer and then I was actually interviewing at Odd Zero and I had already built um, Restangular, which was the popular framework for AngularJS. And while I was interviewing, I ended a relationship with my ex-girlfriend and I had like a life crisis and I oh. started reading at night, like, what should I do? Why? And then there was one guy called James Ward that I really liked what he did. So I researched him. I found he was the developer evangelist. Mm. I then found a book from Christian about developer evangelism and then started reading it and liked it. And developer evangelism is sort of this idea of the marketing part of development where I was writing blog posts, going to conferences, etc. And then from there, I just started to move more and more and more into marketing. I like that uh, expression, Mark. Um, is it development evangelist? Is that what you said? So yes. yeah, that's that's that's. I've never actually heard of that before, and I didn't realize that uh, companies had such a, such a role. Is it becoming more common? Yes, it depends on the company. Sometimes it's called developer evangelism. Sometimes it's called developer relations or developer advocate because yeah. evangelism is kind of too religious. But it is very common uh, for companies that are targeting developers. So Outzero, for example, helps helps developers implement authentication. So it's very common uh, for companies like this. Other examples could be Twilio for SMS or Stripe for payment. All of them have developer evangelism in their teams. Now, I want to talk just briefly about RestAngular, which is this. Um, is, is framework the right thing to use to describe it? I, I don't know. I always say framework or library, whatever sounds better, because I'm doing marketing now. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'd better explain to the users, actually, what Angular is. And it's uh, <laughs> well, both software engineers. So we must make sure that we don't blind them with science. But basically, it's, it's, a, it's just basically a framework written on top of JavaScript, isn't it, that lets you do nice things in the browser, effectively, I guess. But So what does RestAngular actually, what does it do, RestAngular? So the idea of RestAngular is, with AngularJS, what you do, as you said, is you build single-page applications or front-end applications yeah. that will call an API. So basically, it calls a server. So in that server, you have resources where you, for example, you could ask information about the user and then the cards from that user and then the tires of that cards. And RestAngular makes it really easy to call that API so that you don't even have to know the URL of what you're calling. You just nest resources and write easiest, uh, easier ways to do calls to that, to that API. Yeah. It's hard to explain it for the non-coders. Yeah, I, I know. I, I know. So I'm just trying to think, probably the best way to tackle this is I know that on your website you, you have a sort of a, a very nice uh, sort of animated graphic, don't you, that explains the main sort of uh, your approach to marketing, which is a, a developer's approach to marketing. So why don't we... Why don't we sort of use that as a framework? I, I guess the first thing to ask is, how would you sort of sum up the main product techniques? So I think that the main like product techniques to me is like product discovery and product delivery. Hmm. So if you ask me about what each of them are, um, the idea of product discovery is around in products about discovering what to build. So building something, actually having engineers that code takes a lot of time. So instead of doing that, what you should do is try to find out whether what you're building is valuable and add value, adds value to the customers 
um, without billing. And you can do that with interviews, with mockups, and talking to customers, doing user testing, etc. And then once you finally discover and understand something that adds value to those customers, then it's time for delivery. And the idea for delivery is you build it, but you don't just build it. You also measure it so that you know what's working, what's not working, and then you can from there iterate and continually do discovery and delivery at the same time. And let's just focus in a bit on that discovery phase, because what's the in your mind as a software engineer, what's the best way to sort of apply discovery in marketing? So to me, what's what's interesting about this is I basically knew nothing about marketing. And because I knew absolutely nothing about marketing, I needed to understand what to do. So to do that, what I started doing was interviewing people. So I started contacting people on Twitter or in LinkedIn and telling them, hey, I can offer you a 50 bucks Amazon gift card if you spend some time with me and I'm not going to sell you the product. I'm not going to tell you anything about the product. It's mostly asking questions about what do you do in your day to day? Some of the questions I was asking was like, how does your typical day look like? When are you with the computer? When are you with your cell phones? What applications do you use? Like, what do you like to learn about? How do you learn about those things? Like, do you Google for them? Do you go to forums, to meetups, to conferences? Do you read stuff from analysts? And also, because I was serious about authentication, I was asking them, are you interested about authentication? If yes, on what things and why? And I started interviewing a lot of people and starting to find patterns on that. And something, for example, one that was very interesting is that a lot of Outsidious competitors were targeting in Google a keyword that was single sign-on. And single sign-on is basically what Outsidious and the other uh, competitors do. But then when we were talking to the developers, which were our target market, they never searched for single sign-on. And they actually didn't care that much about authentication because they hated it, because it was boring. What they wanted to do is other things. But then when they were coding authentication and they got stuck with something or they had an error, what they did was search in Google. So because of that, we started learning how these um, developers behave. So something that I learned there is, okay, React developers are only interested in authentication when they get stuck and they will search that in Google. And by that, you can start understanding how these people behave. Another thing that we, that we learned, for example, was that all developers were using Adblock. So all of the ads in the web we're being blocked by them. <laughs> That's However, so true. I use that block all the time. I shouldn't really be saying that on the marketing podcast, should I? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I use it too, but I won't say anything. And <laughs> it's our little secret. Because, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And However, what they did do is they went into Twitter using their mobile phones because they felt that's the best way for them to learn from other developers. And in Twitter, you can actually do ads, for example, in the app because they are not blocked, because they see them from mobile. So based on some of this feedback that we got from the interviews and analyzing what people were saying, we started then trying different experiments in our product delivery phase. But so, yeah, just for our listeners, let's just explain, because uh, you were talking there about when you were doing your research, presumably while you were, while you were working at Auth0, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Better just explain to our non-developer uh, listeners that Auth0, and you can correct me actually, uh, Gonto, if I'm wrong here, but Auth0 is like a sort of outsourced authentication service. Would that be right? Yes. Yes, perfect. Uh, hopefully it'll, it'll all fall into place now. <laughs> a couple of geeks talking about uh, what they do. So you mentioned, uh, at least I think you mentioned delivery in there. So what, how do you apply delivery in marketing using this approach? 
So for example, then what we did is like, we understood in this case that these React developers were only searching for authentication when they were stuck. So then delivery is about setting up experiments that you can then try them out and iterate. So I always think that delivery has to have three main things. One is you need to do something that is an MVP, the minimum value product, but in this case will be the minimum value marketing experiment. Like what is the least amount of efforts that I can use to test an hypothesis that I have based on what I discovered on? And at the same time, something that is important is that you set KPIs, which are key performance indicators, goals and timelines so that you can run this experiment and then finally learn. I always say that if your experiment fails, it doesn't matter because then you can learn and then do another set of discovery and another set of of experimentation. However, you only fail if once the experiment fails, you don't do any digging and you don't try to learn. If you just say, oh, it failed, fuck this, I'm done. That's the problem and that's, I think, when, when you fail. And to continue the example that I was saying before, when we realized what was happening with these React developers, we said uh, an experiment which was, okay, we're gonna write three blog posts about how you can basically, if you're stuck with authentication on React, how you can hook up Zero and how that will simplify your life. Mm. We're gonna run this blog post, we're gonna wait for a month because sometimes it takes some time, we're gonna use certain SEO keywords, and what we want is to increase the signups that are uh, that first discovered out zero from this blog post by a 10%. So then we run the experiment, it took a month, and then a month later, it failed. (laughs) (laughs) We weren't really happy. And the the main reason why it failed was that when we went back and checked the data, we saw that we had a lot more page views, but very little signups. So the conversion rate was very bad. And it was because the page views were from returning users. So the page views were from people who already knew about Zero. So those people weren't going to sign up. So based on that, we reiterated the test. But now, instead of writing three blog posts about Zero, we were going to write three blog posts about how you can implement authentication in any application, your own, and then write a small aside, like two or three paragraphs saying, look, if this is too much effort and you don't want to do this, you can just use Altzira if you want. Yeah. And when we did that, that worked much better because now the page views that we were getting were from people that were actually interested in implementing authentication into their application. And some of them would use Altzira because of the site, some of them would not, but it was interesting to them. So then they were sharing this with other people. So once these experiments worked, we started saying, okay, how can we do more of this? And that's what eventually became the technical content marketing team now at Outzero, which has 10 engineers that are constantly writing blog posts for engineers. Now I'm going to guess as a software engineer like myself, did you apply a lot of automation to this process or did you try to apply it? We did try to apply it in the in the beginning, but what we realized is that it was going to take too much time. Yeah. And I do believe that to scale, you might you first must do things that don't scale. So in the beginning, we were using Google Analytics and some of that stuff. But then, as we as as it was becoming more and more popular, then we started doing more automation. And now, for example, we ended up building our own attribution attribution framework 
for understanding like first touch, last touch, multi-touch attribution for each of the content pieces that we write. Yeah. So it sounds it sounds a bit to me like in the early days you had a bit of an Elon Musk moment because he tried to automate everything, didn't he, in his in his production line, but found he he had over automated and it was actually slowing things down. I agree, one hundred percent. And in the beginning, we were like, no, everything needs to be automated. Everything needs to have data this way. And uh, yeah, it was taking like so much time for us. Yeah. And it was crazy to understand. That at first, I didn't understand this phrase that to scale, you need to do things that don't scale. But then once that happened, I was like, oh, this is what Paul Graham meant. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you had one sort of uh, top tip or a key takeaway for our audience today in the, in the contents of, of this, of your sort of software approach to marketing, what would it be, Gonto? I think it's don't focus on specific tactics and don't fall for those 10 best tactics on how to do content marketing, but rather do research, talk to your target market, talk to your customers, and based on that research, then create the minimal experiments that you can to test your hypothesis that you created from that research, and then from there, continue to iterate and start, based on that, create your own marketing tactics that will work, but don't just trust other people that what they say will work for you as well. Well, Gonzo, thanks so much for coming on. How can our listeners find out more about you? So I have my website, which is gon.to, so Gonto, but with the dot in the middle. Yeah. I actually had to buy the, it was funny, I bought the website from, it's from Tonic Island. And the first time I bought it, they didn't have HTTPS. So I was going to enter my credit card and I was like very scared. But I ended up buying it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then otherwise, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, my Twitter handle is mgonto. That's M for mother, Gonto. Yes. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Gonto. And uh, thanks for listening. The show notes will be in the usual place, sitevisibility.co.uk slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review because it helps us to get out to more people. Uh, presumably you're enjoying the show, then you'll want to leave us a review. Um, we're always open to suggestions and questions. So the email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can tweet at sitevisibility. We have a site visibility group on LinkedIn. That's all from me, Andy. And it's all from Gonto. Thank you. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. If you want to understand how marketing is changing and how that will affect your brand, you need future proof the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, subscribe to Future Proof, a Kantar podcast now. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.